0: Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is the KZYX News for Thursday, February 24th. I'm Sarah Reif. Trees along the Mendocino and Sonoma coastline have been falling victim to a rogues' gallery of foes in the last 20 years, according to Chris Lee, a forest pest specialist with the California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection. Lee spoke to the Mendocino Coast Audubon Society earlier this week about the many factors that have been decimating the coastal trees, including pests, drought, climate change, and land management practices. Bishop and Monterey Pines have been especially hard hit, but tan oaks and madrones have also played host to a variety of pathogens, many of them invasive. While Lee said more data points are needed to make decisions about how to respond, his study revealed pathogens that thrive in changing conditions. That's part of the story about a stand of old Bishop Pines on the Sonoma side of the Mendonoma coast, which is where Lee said the puzzle pieces of local tree mortality came together. Fisk Mill Cove suffers from almost all the factors that have been attacking coastal trees since the turn of the century, most of them natural responses to human activity
1: up until the mid twentieth century. It had actually been used for agriculture, and so there was there was plowing going um, on you can see the old plow lines in aerial photos, and so the soil had been deeply disturbed and In this particular spot, the plowing encouraged the formation of this sort of almost hard pan layer that raised the water table because the water stopped being able to infiltrate quite as far down as it had used to to be able to infiltrate. Um, The ag fields were abandoned and they regenerated to a thick stand of Bishop Pine and it became very tall and um, very beautiful. Um, as a stand and this was kind of the iconic healthy stand that we pictured when we first started thinking about doing this study and just a few years later it looked like this you know you you can see a lot of sunlight through the crowns of these trees they're not in good shape when we started looking for pests we found a wide variety of them and they they became susceptible to wind throw a lot of the trees have fallen down a lot of the roots have been snapped off you can find our malaria, that fungus that causes root decay. You can find Phaeolishwinitiae, the pie or velvet top fungus there. Um, you can find some other um, root-infecting fungi. And you can find Phytophthora cinnamomi. You know, it probably started being brought around the world on various kinds of ornamental and um, fruit tree and other crop plants way back in the 1800s.
0: While some of the coastal pines are over 100 years old, most of them were established in the decades between the late 1930s to the 1950s, which marked a significant change from the previous century. Lee described some of what's known about the landscape prior to 1852, when white settlement began to intensify.
1: I have heard opinions from many people who have worked in that landscape for a while. There was, in general, a lot more open space, particularly in that coastal strip. And probably fewer conifers and fewer thick stands of conifers in general than we have now. This mass die-off may be a clue that it has gotten overbalanced toward those thick stands of, of pines in many places.
0: Lee noted that the trees that were doing the most poorly in the observation area tended to be the ones that had grown fast in their youth, which led to a question about the implications of thinning forests to encourage trees to grow quickly to harvestable size.
1: It is clear from a lot of research that when you open up some space and you sort of give those trees more access to various kinds of resources, which probably prominently you know, include water resources, but may include mineral nutrients and things like that as well, they do seem to be better able to fend off some of the kind of bark beetle issues in particular that we've been seeing, like in the Sierra Nevada over the past decade, there's been quite a bit of research about that. From a production forestry perspective, I do think that a lot of times, you know, the foresters may be looking at that growth rate and the time it takes to grow that tree up to the size where it can be harvested. So you wanna balance those two perspectives I'm not sure how you figure out what the point is other than trial and error with management. But I do think that doing nothing in many of our forested landscapes tends to be um, a prescription for nature to move in and take care of these trees in ways that we are kind of refraining from doing.
0: Lee closed with some thoughts on future land management, how to balance human needs, including safety, With those of an environment that's changing faster than the understanding of the humans managing it.
1: Do we want to reestablish an older ecological regime that has more frequent low intensity fire? There are social issues and safety issues in some areas with being able to do that, obviously. Um, Do we want to somehow see fewer trees on the landscape so that they experience less resource competition stress? And should these pine stands be regenerated and and kept at a sort of younger age on the landscape to match what was going on um, before we were really um, keeping records about these things? Can we somehow manage to delimit these soil pathogens and figure out where they are and practice BMPs to keep them from being spread more widely? Um, Same thing goes with insect pests and other pests and pathogens that are transported in wood. Um, But there's a lot more that we need to learn how to do, and particularly to learn how to outreach to people so that they can practice the appropriate management on the landscape.
0: For KZYX News, I'm Sarah Wright. For all our local news with photos and more, visit kzyx.org. You can also subscribe to the KZYX News podcast wherever you get your podcasts.